This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Headline is, shocking video shows person hanging onto back of truck on QEW. This happened earlier in the week here. Uh, there's a, a video, basically, you know the back of an 18-wheeler? Yep. Transport truck. There's that little step to get up into the trailer. Yeah, it's a bumper as well, yeah. Guy is standing on that uh, that bumper step, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and then he's holding on to the bar that's on the back door and casually going for a ride <laughs> down the QEW. Here is OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt explaining exactly what the situation was. That video captured on the QW westbound near Burloak Drive around midnight on March 8th, early this morning. The driver of that car then motioned to the truck driver that there was something wrong. The driver pulled to the shoulder, and as he stopped, the male that was described as wearing a black jacket and gray pants jumped off the back of the trailer and was last seen running up the ramp to Burloak Drive. <laughs> I, I guess this is my exit. Yeah, I hope when he jumped off, he was like, all right, you're good. Take it from here. Thanks, bud. Yeah, the, the truck driver was very confused. Truck driver advised that he had last uh, loaded and stopped at the yard in Milton about half an hour earlier. Holy and has cow. no idea when or how this uh, person uh, jumped on the back of the trailer and hitched a ride. You would assume the guy had been back there then for half an hour. He was on yeah. there from Milton to Burlington, Oakville, basically. Yeah, unless he's like going through town and stopping at red lights. How else would this no. guy have got on there? Last time he stopped was when he loaded in yeah. Milton. Hmm. Uh, so that dude, uh, I don't know where he was trying to get to, but he definitely got a free ride for a while there. Yeah, I, I obviously this is crazy dangerous, but I kind of I always thought it was fascinating when the people would just hop on the rails and the trains yeah. back in the day and take it wherever they, it would go. You know, you tie a little satchel to a stick sure. and you hop onto a box car and just yeah. end up where you end up. Yeah, just rambling, you know. <laughs> so this dude got away. Um, they're saying if anyone has information, they can contact the Burlington OPP. Is is this how dangerous the TTC is now? That this is a safer is option than getting on the to. bus? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He felt safer dangling off the back of a uh, of a transport truck to get downtown Toronto <laughs> as opposed to uh, riding the bus. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Just over a week out from St. Paddy's Day. So this is uh, this is some welcome news. In terms of hangover remedies hangover cures uh, the best in human history that we've been able to come up with is uh d- dunk your face in a pail of ice water apparently that's supposed to be a hangover cure okay polar dip kind of um stay hydrated but the one you keep hearing over and over again is the best way to cure a hang hangover is to not get drunk in the first place jim uh, thanks Father Joseph. (laughs) Well, science to the rescue here. Researchers at the University of Texas Southwestern say they've come up with a new hormone injection that can make people sober up twice as fast. The hormone is called fibroblast growth factor 21 or fgf 21 for short. Oh, that's cool. Sounds like a plane. Catchy. So... You do get a hangover cure, but you also grow breasts? 
Because it's a hormone injection or what? It's a hormone injection. It's something that your liver produces naturally. But uh, if you get an injection, it's worked on drunk mice. <laughs> <laughs> like to party with them. The first thing they did was inject them with a binge dose of alcohol. Then the mice got this hormone injection and the ones that did sobered up a lot faster. They tried a second experiment where they got the mice so drunk that they passed out. And the ones that got the hormone injection woke up twice as fast. Huh. Honestly, if you're doing hormone injections, it's time to cut back the liquor intake, I think. Like, I've seen guys, if you have to inject something into your body after you're drinking, you got a serious problem. And I've seen guys hook up an IV the day after yeah. at a baseball tournament or something like that if they have to keep going. And that seems to me a bit extreme as well. <laughs> like, just dial it back a bit. Drink six glasses of water before you go to bed. They say this could be useful, though, for people who uh, are suffering from alcohol poisoning. Like, if someone gets br- brought to the sure. hospital. Kind of like... in their stomach. Yeah, kind of like if you OD, you get the Narcan shot. Sure, yeah. So they could give this to people who have alcohol poisoning to possibly help their chances. That's cool. And the next time your buddy passes out on the couch and you have to be somewhere, you get him in the butt with it. <laughs> get up, buddy! We got a rally! I wanna see you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock, cock, you peacock, cock, you peacock. Taz and Jim joined by our sports guy, Devin Peacock. And I, I told you this didn't sit well with me. Hamilton Bulldogs moving to Brantford. Well, the first Ontario Centre is renovated in Hamilton, branded as a temporary thing, but then they said, hey, we're changing our name while we're in Brantford to the Brantford Bulldogs, and do you guys remember? What did Taz say? Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't good. This is a, you know, the, the first step into them not returning to Hamilton. The name change, absolutely. Like moving away for three years because you have to for the renovations, I would not be worried. But imagine, the name change. Imagine if your wife is like, let's go on a break. Let's separate for a year. And she changed her last name back <laughs> to her maiden name. You'd be like, this is not, this is going for a divorce well, for this sure. Would be, no, this would be, that's not the, the analogy. The analogy is she changes her last name to some other guy's last name. I guess so. That she's never had, yeah. <laughs> Hamilton Mayor hopeful for Bulldogs' return as Brantford digs in with 5,000-seat arena commitment is the headline from Global News. The possibility of a new arena or a 5,000-seat arena is really juicy for Brantford. When you look at the history of this franchise, before they were in Brantford and before they were in Hamilton, they were in Belleville, and the arena in Belleville is about 5,000 seats. So if you're going to keep this team long-term, you got to be more than the 3,000 seats they're at right now in Brantford, but 5,000 well, that gets interesting, and that is something that could sustain a team long-term. The owner of the of the Bulldogs has talked about how there is no agreement. There is nothing like written down in paper in black and white that says they have to go back to Hamilton. Hamilton is just kind of hoping that they do come back at this point. I don't know if Hamilton is even acting like they care about this enough to uh, make the the Bulldogs want to return. Like, where's the outrage from the hockey fans in Hamilton? Mm-hmm. It's a question because they've lost their AHL team. So, like, you need something. Like, if you're pouring, like, $100 million into the first Ontario Centre, like, 
Something's got to come in there. Yeah, it's going to be three years until the Bulldogs can go back. Just looking at the attendance, like how did they do for ticket sales? 3,900 average attendance at the Hamilton Bulldog games in the 2020 season. So if Brantford can pull this off and pack that house close to a sellout every night, I mean, why would you go back? Already they're at 2,400 in terms of uh, you know uh, seats they've sold for season tickets. The question that Brantford has to answer is, do you have the staying ability? You look at the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL, a different situation, but interest in Winnipeg and supporting the team has waned over the years a little bit because it is an expensive ticket in Winnipeg to go to the NHL. So can you support that team long-term in Brantford? I don't know, guys. I'm getting more and more nervous by the day. (laughs) Brantford Bulldogs, it does have a ring to it. Thanks, Dev. (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Proof that nobody's life is perfect. Tiger Woods, he's been pretty fortunate in his golfing career, but he has not been lucky in love. (laughs) He is in another situation, public breakup, and his ex-girlfriend Erica Herman, who he dated for six years, is now suing him for $30 million. And part of the reason is... um, how she was dumped by Tiger Woods, Jim. Yeah, she had been living with him in Florida for a lot of the six-year relationship. Uh, and her Tiger Woods' staff were talking to her, and they convinced her to take a, quote, short vacation without Tiger last autumn. So then they drove her to the airport to get her ready for the vacation, and then as they pulled up to the airport, she's about to get out of the vehicle, and the staff told her, hey, you're now locked out of the house, and you're not allowed back in the home. You're dumped. See ya! Dropped her off at the airport. Speed off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she is not happy. She... <laughs> She apparently had like had left a bunch of stuff in the house too. Like she's been living there for a while, including yeah. forty thousand dollars in cash, which I don't know if she's gotten back at this point. But she claims that they kind of confiscated a lot of her stuff. So I understand that, but uh, boy, oh boy, that's a rich guy move right there, right? Eh? Your staff drops her off of the airport and dumps her on your behalf. That's what you do with a dog you don't want. Drive <laughs> it out to the country and leave it on the side of the road. Fly free, sweet animal. That's crazy. We don't condone that behavior either, by the way, dropping a dog off in the country. Absolutely but it, not. really getting those vibes from this dumping. <laughs> We've planned a... Uh, you've been working hard lately, Erica. You deserve a break. We've got a spa retreat planned for you. Let us drive you to the airport. Is Tiger coming? No, no. Tiger will meet you down there. <laughs> don't worry. It'll be fine. Pack a very large bag. It's only three days. <laughs> Trust us. <laughs> That's brutal. (laughs) I have heard of the uh, people kind of going through a divorce a rough time. Not rich people, but somebody changing the locks on a house, and then somebody comes home, and the locks are completely changed. The keys don't work. I have heard that move. Yeah. A lot of the times you don't get a free vacation out of it, though, beforehand. So you're saying she should be happy that she got a free vacation? All things considered. (laughs) 
I mean, oh, considering man. she's suing him for $30 million, apparently she had a pretty sweet life going. I don't know I don't know what her deal is. This is the first I've ever heard her name, to be honest. But uh, it's a, it's a, it is a dirtball move, for sure. Yeah. Hey, you're going on vacation. Psych, you're dumped. See ya. But then, on the other hand, like sometimes you can dump somebody, and they can refuse to leave the house, and they you have no legal Squatters grounds to rights. stand on. Totally. And for her, like he lives in a massive, massive mansion, and so if he dumps her, she'd be like, I'll leave if you can find me. <laughs> just hiding in different rooms for the next three years. <laughs> that was all you hear like a scurry across the kitchen. Erica, I know you're in here. Hey! <laughs> Devin Peacock, our sports guy, joins us. The Raptors played the Clippers last night. Raptors lose. And, Dev, we want you to react to this audio. Uh, Fred Van Vliet took the loss pretty hard. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was f- terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just f- the game up. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bull tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game. Changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of f- the game up. Nobody's coming to see that shit. <laughs> so he calls it the, the name he drops at the start, uh, start Ben Taylor. That's He's a ref. Specifically one of the refs who was officiating the game. Is this common? Like, I, is this okay as a player to call out a ref? By name, Dev, and throw the guy under the bus and say this guy's specifically a problem. I think there is a. I think there's a refereeing problem in the NBA. I think in a lot of sports, uh, there needs to be more transparency from the the referees because what the NBA does is they have like a you know a two minute report. And so they always put out the two-minute report after the fact to say, okay, what calls did they get right? What calls did they get wrong? And that's not for the entire game, but you usually look at the end of, end of games. And the referees never have to answer any questions because sometimes they're brutal. Sometimes they just make terrible calls and they never have to answer for them. Now, for Fred Van Vliet to, you know, name drop the guy, I mean – He's using, uh, you know, Ben Taylor doesn't really have an avenue to defend himself here. He's relatively new to the league. He's relatively new, but also for the Toronto Raptors, they don't always, like, they don't play consistently. So I think what a lot of what we just heard is the frustration for the entire season has not gone their way. Right now, they're in the play-in. If the season were to end right now, they would have a shot at the playoffs. But they are, basically, the playoffs have already started for Toronto. They've lost a couple of games. They can't afford to lose any more. So I think it's more about the frustration than the calls because the way the Raptors are playing doesn't always get them the calls. It'd be interesting if the Players Association could lobby for something where at the end of each season they can eliminate one of their least favorite refs or something or have a say in it because every league has a ref or an ump that all the players hate like Angel Hernandez I think in the in the MLB all the players hate him why are they all again are they all in a conspiracy or does this guy suck I mean, Angel Hernandez does suck. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, they should be aware that, like, the players, that, it, like, they're not all crazy. If, if they all hate a guy, like, they should be able to They can vote one guy ref. off yeah. the island every season. Scott Crawford was always a guy in the NBA, a referee that a lot of players didn't like. I'll also say, I mean, they always, I, players, you know, in, in every sport, like, you look at, you know, like, in hockey, ba- you know, ba- every single sport, they never, they're always like a guy in jail. Like, I didn't do it. You know, someone, sure, like, sure. I, I'm innocent of the 
the charges, you know? Like, yeah. But they never act as though they did what they've, you know, what they're called for. Mm-hmm. So they need to understand, you know, sometimes you do get called for this stuff. The bigger issue for me in the NBA is, and the Raptors have experienced this in the past, back in the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan days, is the calls aren't consistent from the regular season to the playoffs. Like one of the the problems for the Raptors back in the DeRozan days was they would rely on getting calls and going to the free throw line, but in the playoffs... The, the refereeing changes. They don't uh, mm. give out as many penalty, yeah. you know, fouls. And so, like, a foul is a foul is a foul. So the NBA and the referees open themselves up to this because they're never consistent year to year or even within the entire season. Just kind of f- the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was being interviewed the other day, and she mentioned that she would like to see more matinee concerts from big rock and roll bands like Cold play you too etc jim you're probably on board for that given our work hours i mean in a perfect world it'd be nice but i think it's only an option that like that a rich semi-retired person can ask for most people are working normal hours and can't just take a half day off work yeah but we don't fall into we could be free by noon (laughs) certainly certainly shift workers would be able to go to the matinee concerts as well uh, I mean, on a Saturday, you, you can yeah. pull it off, right? A weekend when not everybody's working. Um, yeah, I don't but know. you're right. It does it definitely what, matinee concerts would be more convenient if you didn't have to uh, go to work every day. Yeah, totally. And also, I think it might be more tempting for guys like, well, maybe not Bruce Springsteen because he's a machine, but for the oldest, older artists too, who probably don't want to be up that late. Like Ozzy just canceled a tour because the touring is so hard on him. If he was doing shows at one p.m. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. I I think it's worth a shot. Matinee concerts. You do have some festivals where you have bands going on mid-afternoon. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, I think... I think maybe the headliner could go on a little earlier, perhaps. When they go on at 10, sometimes 10.30, and then you're like, oh, my God, I'm doing the math like on my watch and trying to think, okay, if I get home, and the traffic's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's tough to enjoy the show when you yeah. have to work the next day and the... Uh, it's getting close to midnight and the band hasn't even taken the stage yet. Yeah, I think 9 p.m. is a good headliner start time. <laughs> Old man Jimbo over here. And then wrap it up about 11. You can bail a little early if you want to avoid the traffic, you know. So 1, 2 in the afternoon, still too early in your mind, but you definitely want them to hit the stage before 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I want to be out of the building at 11. The Taz and Jim Podcast. So what's the story here, Jim? The WWE wants you to be able to bet sports gambling. They want a piece of the pie, and they want you to be able to bet on the outcome of WWE matches. Essentially, they're in talks with gambling regulators right now to legalize betting on the... And this is according to the article, the scripted match results. So WWE has held discussions with state gambling regulators in Colorado and Michigan to legalize betting on scripted match results, the sources say. This is CNBC.com. WWE is working with uh, Ernst & Young to secure match results so they won't leak to the public. Huh. (laughs) WWE creative executives don't plan to inform the wrestlers who will win until hours before the match. And the WWE aims to have major sports betting companies offer bets on high-profile matches only. Now, what could go wrong? <laughs> Sounds like they've got it figured out. Uh, I wish we had uh, someone who knows a little more about wrestling to discuss this. <laughs> I mean, no, not again. No. 
Here he is, the biggest wrestling super fan we know, uh, Mark LaBelle from our sister station, Fresh Radio. WWE, betting on the outcome of matches, is this something you would ever consider? Ever consider? Absolutely. I feel like I spend uh, way too much of my life looking at, you know, listening to podcasts and all the behind-the-scenes things to get a good idea of a result, but... I honestly, I don't get it. I don't get how you can bet on the results of something that some people in this world already know the results of. You admit that wrestling is <sighs> predetermined. It is scripted. It is not real. Hey, you just didn't. You didn't say the f word, so I appreciate that. It is uh, yes, predetermined. Well, not real means the same thing. <laughs> the hey, hey, let's be serious. Scripted, yes, predetermined. Those are all words that we use in the wrestling community. Yeah, but so, it's not CGI deep fakes. They are actual <laughs> humans jumping it's off ropes. It's an athletic pursuit for sure. I just, uh, but they know who's gonna win. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? There's They have a team of writers there. So, I, I mean, if I was one of them, I'd risk losing my job to, yeah. I don't know, roll the dice here. You just cash in once, right? Exactly. And you, you just have to tell a friend or a friend of a friend. I mean, you don't have to bet on it yourself. It's just, I can't, I can't see an average person who's just a fan with no inside scoop betting on these matches. Like, imagine, oh, I almost won my nine-match parlay, but The Undertaker came back from the dead and beat John Cena. <laughs> rigged! This is rigged! <laughs> I didn't see that garbage can coming out of nowhere, what? yeah. Oh, it's not fair. They didn't pay out because the ref was knocked unconscious again. <laughs> I mean, he was hit in the head with a chair. Is that legal? I mean, the more we talk about this, the more I'm into betting this, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So they actually show on WWE programming once in a while. I don't know if it's already a thing in the States or what, but they'll have things pop up and say, you know, you can win a piece of uh, $10 million from DraftKings right now or something. Bet on the main event of WrestleMania. So It's already happening. I think they already well, have it there. It's crazy. just crazy. There, uh, there are some sports books that will let you bet on the outcome of reality TV shows and stuff like that, I guess. Well, there's also, to tie into WWE here, I get these emails that are, because, you know, there, we talked a while ago about the potential sale of WWE. Yeah. So you can actually bet on the odds of who's going to purchase WWE right now, too. Hmm. Which which also seems odd, right? There's people in the in these business deals that already know what's uh, going honestly, on. It just seems like a... I We're think, living in idiocracy, yeah, guys. I think <laughs> if, you, if you sign up for DraftKings to bet on WWE, you should go on a list, and now you're no longer allowed to vote. We can't have you determining the future <laughs> of this country. Or at least you're no longer allowed to bet. <laughs> yeah, you clearly don't understand your limits. Hey, if I can win some money on betting the main event of WrestleMania, then I'll give up my voting rights for the rest of my life. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Mark LaBelle. No worries. Wrestling's not fake! For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.